My name's Andy Foster. Welcome to the very first episode of Inside Hokkaido, where I uncover some of northern Japan's best-kept secrets. I chat with locals of this beautiful, snow-swept island about life here and the best things to do, see, and eat. We start the first show at the most southern city of this most northern island, Hakodate. Our guide today is my friend David Shoup, who happens to have an absolute wealth of knowledge about the place. This was a fascinating show for me, and we barely scratched the surface of the city and its history. I recorded today's show as a conversation, but due to some microphone issues, I cut it into basically a monologue. Take it away, David. All right, well, uh, let's see, my name is uh, David Shoup, and I have been living in Nanai, which is one town north of uh, the city of Hakodate in the southern Hokkaido Peninsula for just over uh, 19, 19 months now. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm teaching not with the JET program, but through uh, an ALT sister city program between and I and my hometown of Concord, Massachusetts, outside of the great city of Boston, which is heading to the Super Bowl in uh, two weeks' time. Exciting times to be a Bostonian. Hakodate is a, uh, a fantastic city. It's a, it's a very, I'd describe it as, as very small, very quaint compared to most Japanese cities that you're going to encounter in your travels, I'd say. It's very, uh, it's, it doesn't have the, uh, it doesn't have the sort of ancient perspective that you can find in Honshu and Kyushu, but at the same time, it's got a lot more old history than some of the other cities farther north, like Sapporo or Sahikawa. From a historical perspective, Hakodate is, I think, one of the most important cities um, in Japan. You know, when you look at 19th century Japanese and, and world history, Japan, Japan coming out into the world. And, and from a food perspective, I got to say, I've had a lot of sushi in a lot of cities now all over Japan, and Hakodate has got, got the number one, no question. I asked David where people should go and spend their time while they're down in this area. Let's well, all right. Let, I'm gonna I'm gonna break it up into a couple categories here. So let let's start with kind of the the natu- the nature scene. So if you're coming from Honshu, right, and you're not really doing a whole lot of other like Hokkaido action, you gotta head out to Onimo, which is uh, two towns north of of Hakodate. They've got a, a beautiful park there called Lake Onimo Quasi National Park, and so uh, you've got four giant lakes, which which all freeze over in the uh, in the winter time and are a famous site of uh, wakasagi or smelt ice fishing. Uh, It's also got a huge volcano called Komogatake, um, which is a a great climb in the spring and summer months, as well as a couple uh, pretty nice ski horses around town. And and, uh, the fall foliage, especially down in Onoma, is is really incredible. That's a great scene. So yeah, Matsuma is another great spot. so Matsumae, uh, M-A-T-S-U-M-A-E, is, uh, is a beautiful little town about an hour and a half southwest of Hakodate. And Matsumae is unique for being the only town or city in Japan that has a higher proportion of cherry blossoms to people in the country. It's quite the claim, and it's, it's certainly a sight to see uh, in Golden Week, which happens to be the one week that the cherry blossoms are, are fully blooming in Matsumai. So um, the place is, is packed during Golden Week, so I would really not recommend going there unless you're down for a you know, two-hour uh, two traffic backup from, from Hakodate. But it is fantastic for the cherry blossoms, and uh, it's, its other claim to fame is having the oldest actually the only castle the only true samurai castle in 
uh, Hokkaido. Kind of uh, four-story pagoda-style um, stone castle that's been pretty pretty well preserved over the years, and uh, they also have a really beautiful park. They have a really cool samurai village within the within the castle grounds, where you can. Uh, it, it's actually it's kind of it's kind of creepy. I, I can't imagine what the place is like at nighttime because you've got maybe like. 10 or 12 kind of recreated uh, wooden houses from kind of representing like the, the 16th, 17th century Matsumai samurai era. And the houses are filled with samurai, like life-size mannequins doing different samurai stuff. So, you know, one place is, uh, it's like the, just the samurai meeting room where you've got some like seated samurai talking to each other. You've got the samurai barbershop, I kid you not, where there is a samurai getting his haircut. Um, interesting place. You can dress up as a samurai as well. So that's, that's Matsumai. So that's a good, de- definitely a good spot. If you don't have a car, there's a, there's a bus that runs about four or five times a day from Hakodate train station to Matsumai. Um, it's a oh, round trip. It's not round trip. It's about uh Sanzenen and maybe so about 3000 yen. And I'd say one way on the bus is probably about an hour and forty minutes from the city, so it's uh, it's a substantial day trip, but but well worth it if you uh, if you want to see some of the the history of the air, and especially if you're trying to see the cherry blossoms in May. Another thing you can do is is uh, there actually there is another route you can take to Matsumai. Um, I mean, it, yeah, of course, literally just means like you know through the mountain pass. So uh, not a very original name, but we do have a Nakama Pass. Um, just just north of uh, of Lake Onoma, and you can actually take that and kind of meander first th- through these uh, through these mountains called the Asabu Mountains, and then you can kind of meander straight down the west coast of Southwest Hokkaido, and uh, you can get there. You can get to Matsumai in about three hours, dodging the traffic during Golden Week, but it's a beautiful uh, beautiful drive along the uh, the entire west coast of the southern. Peninsula. So, so that's your that's your kind of one part of your nature stuff right there. Also, uh, I'll, I'll take I'll take a break from the uh, the history thing. Though I'll go back to uh, some of our old temples and and Hakodate Castle in just a sec. We've got uh, some we got some fascinating uh, culinary options in Hakodate that are I think pretty representative of the the famous Hokkaido foods. Um, I think Hokkaido really has. Obviously, the, the kind of Japan curry that's sort of come about in the last like 200 years is, I think, a lot better in Hokkaido than the rest of the country. And um, Hakodate has a couple great spots for that. Really can't go wrong with the, the soup curry. As for the uh, your regular like rice curry, like the katsukar, we've got so many really great hole-in-the-wall spots in, uh, in Hakodate. And that, that's one of the things that I really like the most about, about eating in, in Hakodate is kind of the, the back alley places that you're not going to see in, you know, the Lonely Planet guides and, uh, and elsewhere. We've got a lot of great family restaurants, fantastic sushi. Um, we've got a, uh, obviously the, the Contaro chain, which is, has had some, some food poisoning issues as of late. I heard there was a, uh, an issue out in Otobe with uh, with some uh, some killer tuna, you know, quite literally killer tuna. But uh, we've got some we've got some uh, fantastic fish. And if you're if you're in Hakodate on a weekend, I highly recommend getting up early Sunday morning or just staying up all night Saturday and making it to the Hakodate fish market right next to the station around 
four or five in the morning to catch the uh, the Sunday morning um, the uh, the fish bidding wars. So those are uh, those are a great thing to see, and they've got some. Ex- it's crazy how much this fish costs in uh, these fresh fish. I mean, there's there's like whole tunas that they're selling for like half a million dollars at these fish markets. Really wild. So uh, the most interesting fish market experience I had was on uh, was on Halloween, or I should say, it would have been uh, Day of the Dead, November first, because I I convinced a uh, a group I was with, still 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 in full costume. I was uh, dressed as Carrie Pummy Pummy myself and uh, in full drag, and yeah, we we stayed out all night and and around. Uh, 5 a.m. or so, we kind of meandered over to the uh, the Hakodate Fish Market, and I think it was uh, we definitely took took some of the fishermen by surprise. They weren't expecting. I think in our party we had a we had a zombie lumberjack that was uh, Lauren the Yoichi Alt. Uh, we had Woody from uh, Cowboy Woody from Toy Story, and uh, and then two two cross dressers in the party, myself included. So I think that was. That was a uh, an original site that you're not normally going to see at the fish market, but that was a uh, that was an experience, indeed, indeed. And of course, there I highly recommend the uh, if I, I know you're not a big fan of the uh, of the uni, the, uh, the the sea urchin, Andy, but perhaps uh, if if some of your listeners are are willing to try it, I got to say it's it's best it's best and very fresh at the uh, Hakati fish market. So that's certainly a place to go. Not to mention king crab, of course. These are these are wild. I think these these are really something else. These these king crab that they're picking up out of that uh, Tsuguru Strait between between Haunch Aomori and Hakodate. Um, these are just enormous enormous monstrosities and truly truly delicious. Hopefully, the night before you took the uh, cable car up to Hakodate Mountain, which I should add is a, it's a really it's a fat, fascinating thing about the the way the city is built. It's an hourglass shaped city sticking out into the ocean from from uh, this this these multiple um, valleys and mountain ranges that kind of all come together, create this like jutting out hourglass. And Hakodate lies right you know on both one end and into the middle of the hourglass and at the bottom of the hourglass is is a, a you know not huge but fairly substantial uh mountain about you know probably about uh about a thousand meters or so called uh mount Hako, appropriately named mount hakodate and if you uh the climb isn't too difficult so it's an it's a, a really beautiful climb actually that takes less than uh, less than an hour i'd say if you're going at a decent pace but if you don't have the time or it's the middle of winter they have a cable car that's just an incredible ride up, um, with a great series of couple restaurants and uh, nice little gift shops at the top of the mountain, where you can buy a number of things, including and I can't believe I haven't mentioned this already, squid, because that is of course the main export and mascot of Hakodate is is the squid, so you can. Uh, you can do a lot of stuff with a squid. You can you can buy like squid hats. You can buy squid crackers. You can buy just straight up squid. You can buy these flat dried squids that have uh, postal labels on the top, and you can um, fill in an address and mail them from the top of the mountain to any address in the world. Just mail this like dead, dried, flattened, disgusting tasting squid. I might have to I might have to send one send one up your way so you can. Uh, 
you know, if you got any, uh, if you add some, add some, some visual media to this, uh, this podcast, maybe some, some, uh, some flattened squid might, might be a good, uh, good addition. I'm a big fan of the squid ink. We've got some, we have some squid ink ice cream as well. That's a big hit. There's a couple places you can get squid ice cream. My recommendation for the best place would be if you're, if you are taking, maybe say on a weekend, you're taking, uh, your Saturday morning out in Lake Onoma to check out the park there. There's a great squid ink ice cream ice cream stand right at the um, right at the sort of main park entrance to uh, Onoma National Park. I would recommend that one the most. But another place you can get squid ink ice cream along with cherry blossom flavored ice cream and a few other flavors is uh, Goryokaku Tower, which is the next place I would recommend that you hit up on your Sunday morning. You've done the fish market early. You've done Hakodate Mountain the night before. Not to mention Onoma. And let's just say on this trip, Matsumai just like never happened, which is, you know, per- perfectly, perfectly reasonable. Um, reserve that for the, uh, yeah, the next, next family trip to, uh, to Southern Hokkaido. And uh, so the, the next place you got to go is, is Goryokaku Fort and Tower, which is a really fascinating spot where the, really the last samurai battle of Japan was fought in 1868 at the end of the, uh, the Boshin War, when the shogun of the time, Tokugawa Junior, 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 like the thirteenth, was uh, was overthrown, and the emperor attempted to rein in a a new era, a new era of imperial Japan. Ultimately, which uh, an era which didn't turn out so positive for uh, us Yankees and you Kiwis, but nevertheless uh, was an important part of history, and and so that was, the, of course, the Emperor Meiji. Um, Sending a bunch of troops up here and and kind of crushing the samurai rebellion that was that was holding out here in Goryokaku Fort and, and it's a fascinating story really these samurai rebels that came up here and sort of sort of found refuge in in southern Hokkaido they actually took over officially took over all of Hokkaido which back then was really just southern Hokkaido the rest was kind of just wilderness and I know exactly but they uh, they actually wrote up a constitution based off the United States Constitution and named it the Republic of Ezo, which was the the ancient name for for Ido. And uh, yeah, it was fascinating. Like you know, the uh, the British government actually recognized Ezo as a country for the one maybe I think nine month or ten month period it existed. But uh, of course, the United States would not because they had just they had just made several million dollars on an arms deal selling all of their leftover American Civil War guns to the uh, the new Japanese emperor, which were then used to crush this rebellion. So the fort still stands, though, and you can still see it. It's uh, it's made of stone. It's a star shaped fort, which is pretty cool. Not a whole lot of those left in the world, and there's a great great little pentagonal tower that uh, overlooks the whole thing, where you can eat your squid ink or cherry blossom ice cream. So you've got a, a star-shaped castle, which has, I think it's got, I want to say it's a hexagon, but it might be a septagon. Septagon is seven points. It really doesn't matter. The point is it, look, it looks like a star, and it's um, and there is a star-shaped moat around that as well. And then past the moat, you've got this really bizarrely shaped Goryokaku tower, which kind of looks like a... Star Trek, you know, spaceship kind of placed on top of like a Washington Monument type thing, and that's sort of how I describe Goryokaku Tower. Oh man, you, you'd appreciate this too. About ten years back, the city made this. Uh, they made this sort of like computer generated, sort of CGI anime TV show where these giant squid come and invade the Earth in these spaceships that are shaped like 
Goryokaku Tower. I guess one one faction of the squid, you know, size of the earthlings, and they battled out, like, you know, in, in the atmosphere. So that's, uh, you can check that one out. It's a short series. I'd say it's probably, like, three 10-minute episodes or so. And the place that you can watch this is at um, a district called Kanamori, uh, which is a series of red brick warehouses dating back to just around the 1930s or so. It was, it was a... Uh, munitions sort of storage area during uh world war ii and and so um these maybe seven or eight very long red brick warehouses have been preserved and turned into these really quaint uh this really quaint shopping district fairly close if if you're walking from hakodate station to the fish market this is just on the on the other side of that um as you're walking towards as you're making your way towards hakodate mountain so uh this is a really nice area we've got a starbucks there we've got uh, a couple of really great great bars in the area as well um kind of more of the the low-key like oji-san um pub drinking scene and and then right in the middle you've got these these really nice red brick warehouse districts where you can buy uh can do all sorts of shopping there and you can buy your squid hats you can buy your uh you can buy your goryokaku spaceship helmets and you can watch these uh epic squid goryokaku tower spaceship battle anime programs as well if you don't have a car and you're coming from uh and you're coming from hakodate station you can these are all within walking distance of of the station um i'd say the red brick warehouse is about a 10 minute walk from the station maybe uh the fish market's about five minutes from the station then the the another 10 minutes sort of heading up the hill towards the mountain is the uh base of the cable car so that all is within uh within a 20, 25-minute walk of Hakodate Station. It's, it's a really nice walk as well. And it's, a, it's a really, you've got a lot of kind of cool cool little sites along the way, including the uh, oldest concrete telephone pole in Japan. There's a nice little plaque there, and it's, uh, it's, it's cool. i got to say, it's a pretty sweet telephone pole. It's, uh, it's not just any telephone pole. It is the oldest concrete telephone pole in uh, Japan. So got got to check that one out as well. If you're if you're getting to uh, Goryokaku, which is both the where the tower, the fort, and the main nightlife district of Hakodate is situated, um, the the best way to to get there is by using our dwindling but nevertheless still very uh, active and ganky streetcars. We have uh, three streetcar lines in the city, and uh, there's one line that you can take directly from uh, directly across street from Hakodate Station meandering through the old city center straight to Goryokaku. That'll get you there in about maybe 10 to 15 minutes for uh, 240 yen. It's a bargain. It's a, it's, a great, it's a great little ride. And you can actually, these are great little streetcars. They're, they're, they've been preserved really well over the, last, uh, over the last century. And if you have a big group of, of folks and a good reason to celebrate, you can actually rent out a, an entire streetcar for the evening and... Uh, throw a catered drinking party on these they even put uh they even they have a karaoke machine in there as well they've got a full service bar throughout that of course all all of the trees in goryokaku it, it, with within the the castle grounds are also cherry blossom trees so the um the, the whole star-shaped castle takes on a, a whole new like aura and and shape um during during just about like I'd say May first to May tenth when those cherry blossoms are in full bloom. It's a, a pink, one of the few pink castles aside from the stuff that uh, you know rich white parents rent out for their kids' birthday parties to bounce around in. 
And uh, speaking of trees, another great uh, if you're if you do have a car and you're or or if you're just taking the bus into Onoma, you, you can take a train to Onoma, which is really beautiful, and they, they still have an original uh, steam engine locomotive train that runs from Hakodate Station to Onoma Park every August, every day for about uh, three weeks or so in August. But if you do have a car, I highly recommend taking the old Route Five. Which will, if you keep on driving straight, will get you straight from Hakodate to Sapporo. And uh, back in, I think it was about 130 years ago, when the emperor was making a a, a, a long planned and long awaited and overdue trip to visit Hokkaido, um, the municipal government planted about 15,000 red pine trees along each side of the road, all the way from Hakodate into. Uh, the end of Nanai, just before you you take a tunnel into Onoma, and so that's a really beautiful sight, especially in the uh, you know end of the summer, early fall, and, and spring as well. Really uh, driving through, it's, it's great too. In the winter as well, all the school kids reinforce these old you know hundred and thirty year old pine trees by wrapping these uh, like five foot tall bamboo sort of jackets around the most uh, kind of the thinnest part of the tree trunk. To prevent it from from tipping over or or cracking um, from all the snowfall that's coming down in the winter, so that's a that's a pretty unusual sight as well in the fall and winter to see. If if you are here for uh, if you are here when, around the time the bamboo jackets are coming off, which would be around the I'd say the the second week of, of April when pretty much the last snow is melted, um, there's this really fantastic. Not really a festival, but uh, more of a, a community event almost that, that stems back to 1640 when Komogatake Mountain in Onoma first erupted. Um, picture this mountain. This mountain used to be about about three, al- almost 3,000 meters tall. So it was actually, I think, the second tallest mountain in Japan after Fuji and blew its top, lost the first 1,500 meters of the, of the top of the mountain in this enormous explosion that just leveled all of southern Hokkaido at the time, actually created a tsunami from the debris so big that it wiped out half of Aomori 400 years ago. But uh, there's a, a, a beautiful little Shinto shrine that's been built next to this enormous boulder, which has been like, which was like cleaved in half from the fall and now has all these trees growing out of it. And you can kind of walk through this like really cool little boulder. And, and every, uh, every year on the, the first day that all the snow is melted. Um, all the people from Nanai and Onoma and Shikabe and Mori and all the other towns that surround Komogatake all come together and pray that year at the shrine to the, the essentially the Shinto fire gods for the mountain to not erupt this coming year. So that's a, that's a sight to see as well. That's 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 in Onoma, right? That's right at the uh, right on the north the north shore of uh, of Lake Onoma, on the opposite side of the park entrance. Every uh, every April fifteenth around or so. I asked David to talk about a certain Hakodate exclusive convenience store they have down there. I described it as a souped-up kombini. So, uh, so I think you're talking about ha- Hasegawa store, right? So we've got uh, a fantastic. Uh, it, it's a very souped-up kombini. I mean, you've got picture like your kind of your Hokkaido's got the Seiko Mart going for it, and then sort of the the microcosm of Seiko Mart is is Hasegawa, unique to the Hakodate area. That's that's famous for uh, its yakitori bento. So you, know, you picture a convenience store, and right in the middle of it, you've got like the sweet. Woodfire Grill, where they just do all sorts of uh, 
all sorts of different yakitori combinations and that's a uh that's a great spot and uh and then of course i i, I know the the next one you're thinking of is of course the uh lucky piero the one and only i mentioned that i've been to the jesus themed lucky piero store one of the most famous and controversial that would be the the Jesus Christ and the Twelve Apostles themed. It is literally adorned on on all sides with um, Jesus Christ, Mary, Mary Magdalene, Joseph, and the Twelve Apostles. Yeah, so there's there's twenty seven in total, and they were started by a, uh, a sort of a this this uh, uh, enterprising Chinese businessman who came into uh, came down to to southern Hokkaido about uh, about 25 years ago was when he first started this in the, the late 80s and it's yeah it's it's really something it's um you know e- each one has you know the most bizarre theme imaginable there's a, a great gatsby themed lucky piero there's uh there's a santa lucky piero that's a pretty the santa one's pretty creepy i think um then uh, the one in the 9 and i where i live has uh, we boast the the largest Lucky Pier in terms of square acreage, and that is the African Jungle Birds themed. And listen to a nice thirty-second looped recording constantly from you know opening at ten a.m. until you know closing at midnight of of African Jungle Birds. And uh, the food itself is great. The Hakata Snow Burger is a famous one. My personal favorite is the that's uh, uh, a tough one. The, the egg burgers are good. Uh, Man, you know the Chinese chicken burger is a pretty. It's a pretty solid option. There's also there's some great curry as well. Um, but I always go with just your standard your standard Lucky Piero cheeseburger. It's hard to go wrong. It's uh, you will feel sick for several days to weeks after. You know it's it's an experience. And uh, oh, the great of course the the fries are fan. The fries are truly something. Do you have the the fries with the uh, the cheese sauce? Might even just be gravy. It might just be fries and gravy. Lathered in in quite a quite a smorgasbord of things. But Lucky Puro is, uh, is a place that you have to uh, certainly have to visit. So, so I always go for the I always go for the blueberry shake myself. That is that's. That's their osusume, if you will. Um, I asked David to talk about the stamps that they a unique there. stamp that that uh, with a picture on it that that symbolizes the theme of that restaurant. So of course the uh, you know you've got the Jesus one is like the Last Supper. Um, the the female tennis one is a uh, is like a profile of Maria Sharapova. That's a that's a good one, and uh, yeah, it's 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 great. It's a it's a very strange thing that you're only going to find in Japan, and and really only in uh, only in Akarate. Anywhere I've been to, you know, the all of the United States included, but uh, it's uh, it's. I mean, I can't even call it Japanese because it's actually a Chinese. It really is a, a Chinese restaurant. But um, apparently, the uh, the the CEO actually recently attained uh, Japanese citizenship. Uh, year or two back so uh maybe he can he can take advantage of that by switching his uh his meat source from these uh chinese factory farms to some of the amazing grass fed cattle that we have in onomo which is uh fantastic and if i can make another local pitch if you are if you want to skip lucky piero but still stick with the beef uh We've got this spot right next to Onuma Park called Yamakawa Farm, which has probably the most famous milk in southwest Hokkaido, not to mention um, incredible soft-serve ice cream and the the truly famous Yamakawa roast beef and Philly cheesesteak sandwiches, which are uh, truly out of this world. So best enjoyed over one of the, uh, one of the school vacations 
probably probably summer vacation is 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 the best time if you are uh, if you are a jet or an ALT that's uh, that's got the time to visit. Um, spring break is okay, but still you know still a little cold, still kind of it's in that like slushy you know kind of wet slushy, still really freezing late March that we get in. We really do have some fantastic onsens. I mean, the place I have to recommend you stay is the Dormi Inn in Goryokaku, which has got, uh, you know, it's kind of your your standard budget hotel, which you can you can get a room at for for less than fifty U.S. dollars a night. Um, but the great thing about the Dormi Inn in Goryokaku that makes it unique from Dormi Inns throughout Japan is that you get a um, you're given an onsen pass at, if if you do stay at this hotel, and the pass is. Uh, can be used at La Vista Bay, which is the uh, actually a five-star hotel in Hakodate, one of the few five-star hotels in in Hokkaido, and it has a uh, onsen on the roof of this uh, 14-story hotel, right in the center of Hakodate, directly overlooking the mountain Hakodate Mountain to the south, and then the entire southern valley and mountain ranges of. Southwest Hokkaido to the north, including Mount Komagatake. So, you go up there, and it's an indoor and outdoor, indoor and outdoor onsen, stunning view from up there, and uh, that is is probably my most positive onsen experience, especially right around any time of year, but right around uh, sunset. That is just like a magical, really a magical spot um, onsen up there, and you can even kind of like see people like way down, way down below you, walking around the street. They probably Maybe they can see you. Actually, that's uh, something that's something to think about. I haven't given that thought before. Unfortunately, the only way to get there is either through the Dormian or if you're staying at La Vista yourself, which would be crazy because it's like six hundred dollars a night at that uh, at that hotel. So, unfortunately, that's the only way to see that spot. But we've got some other great onsens. Um, I would say that the next best onsen um, in the area is uh, the Yunokawa area, which is <coughs> right between. Goryokaku and the Hakurate Airport. So this is if you're driving away from the mountain along the along the coast, heading the opposite direction away from Hakurate Station. You've got this Unikawa area that is uh, famous for it's. It's got about in this one area of maybe you know thirty square blocks. There must be forty to fifty onsens. Um, the best of which is called the uh, the Unikawa Prince Hotel Onsen, and that that's a beautiful one because it's a uh, it's an entirely glass facade overlooking the beach, and so you've got this sort of ground level onsen um, that's just looking directly out. A, a series of great ones like that, and if you're if you're if you're already in Onuma at this time, if you've been you know hitting up the park or you've been climbing Mount Komagatake, you've been skiing, um, the place that I would recommend most in uh, in Onuma are uh, either the Chaprinkan Onsen, which is right on the, the border of Onuma and Mori Town, which is a really, really nice spot um, overlooking the uh, Mount Komagatake. And on the opposite side of Lake Onuma, we've got another spot called the uh, Ikasagawa, um, Ikasagawa Onuma Onsen, which is uh, really beautiful. Right, It's right in the middle of this uh, this valley with this this beautiful kind of like Hershey chocolate shaped mountain behind you. And then right in front of you, you've got this, uh, it's all kind of this rustic wooden structure again, overlooking, uh, Mount Komagatake from the South. So that's really a fantastic, and that's about, it's only three us dollars to get in there as well, which is wild. Iksagawa is that part of Onoma where that, that onsen is. It's a great spot.
it, yeah, it, it is a great city, man. It's a, it's a really uh, it's a really charming spot, and and uh, unfortunately, well, for better or worse, the uh, the Shinkansen, the, the bullet train, is going to be coming up and parking itself in Nanai starting in the fall of 2016. So this is kind of, I, I think, in many ways, uh, this coming year is one of the last times to see Hakodate and see Onima and Matsumai and the Unikawa area sort of in its its real old prime before it does get um, an increased load of tourists that are that are coming up from from Tokyo. It's going to be much easier, you know. Now you've got to you've got to fly out to Hakodate or fly to Sapporo and take a three hour train down to Hakodate. But uh, going forward, it's going to be a simple four hour bullet ride straight from Tokyo. So it's going to be a lot easier for folks that are that are traveling to Japan to to see Hakodate. Um, without adding too much time to their trip. So, you know, this is, uh, you know, see it before it gets uh, overrun by Americans, just like Cuba's about to be. I asked David for his thoughts on the Shinkansen bullet train expanding up to Hakodate in 2016 and what it would mean for the Hakodate economy and area. You know, um, there's a lot of kind of, there's competing theories going around. Some people that I, I've spoken to, um, in sort of the more municipal government offices around the Hakodate area are a little pessimistic about it. Um, there's so much money, I mean, so many um, hundreds of millions of, of dollars, which in yen would, I guess, be tens of billions of dollars being spent on on this Shinkansen project. And this is a project that's been ongoing for, for more than uh, 30 years now, trying to get it up here. Um, and it's scheduled to, it's not scheduled to get up to Sapporo until 2036 to give you a sense of how long this whole like, project timeline is. So there's just so many, there's, it's like track on track and then you've got to magnetize the entire thing. It's, it's a wild, it's a crazy process um, here about how it works. But the, uh, you know, peop, the, 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 main, the main logic behind how much money is going into this is that uh, the increase in tourism will make up for the drain on the, on the on the local and the national economy that's that's been uh, that's been used for this project, but yeah, some folks I've talked to are, are a little pessimistic, saying that you know there is still a relative ease of, of flying to Hakodate, and so they don't see this making a, a huge difference in um, in in increasing tourism. Hakodate is is in many ways um, a dying city in terms of the the age demographics, much like many many other semi rural cities or, or isolated cities in Japan. So. You know, we used to have, uh, you know, even 40 years ago, the, the city was, I think, around 300, 350,000, and now it's down to more like 150,000. We've, the streetcar lines were, there used to be six, and now there's uh, three, I believe, that are that are still left. So it's, uh, in many ways, it's going down, and, and a lot of young people don't want to stay in Hakodate. They, they, they see, they see a, a career for themselves in, in Sapporo or Tokyo, so there isn't a lot of incentive to, to stick around uh, aside from from the fishing industry, which is what Hakodate, where Hakodate's money really is. So um, I, I think I'm, I'm somewhere between the, the cynics and the uh, extremely optimistic Shinkansen representatives who think that this is going to revitalize this, uh, this kind of dying city. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I unfortunately won't be around when it, when it does open, but I'll have to, uh, we got to at least, at the very least, we got to come back here, Andy, when we're like 45 to uh, check out the, uh, the, 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 the Tokyo Sapporo line. 
If you're coming to Hakodate anytime in the summer, I would recommend structuring around the Port Festival, which runs from around July 31st to August 5th. And the Port Festival is um, a celebration of kind of all things ocean-related in Hakodate. And without question, the the both penultimate and ultimate night of the Port Festival, which takes place on a, on a Saturday and a Sunday, is the Ika dance or the squid dance where um, about, I'd say, ten to 20,000 people parade through the, the six or seven major streets in total about 40 blocks of Hakodate um, doing this very unique kind of J-pop techno rock squid dance theme that was, uh, that was written and recorded in like the, the late 80s and has been kind of the theme song of Hakodate for about 25 years and it's a totally bizarre dance where you're kind of moving your body like a squid while you're you're singing and chanting the different types of squid food so let, let me see if I can remember we've got uh ikasomen which is kind of like the um squid noodles uh sort of squid squid pasta there's uh sort of these like fried tater ika of course there's ika sashimi um yeah there's like 10 different kinds of of ways of eating squid they're all sung and and chanted about while you're also acting out that type of squid food it's a uh, one of the most surreal things i've ever seen and it's uh, a true truly fun time so I, I can't recommend that highly enough i have now participated in two years of uh squid and if you're doing it, you really got to have the right, you really got to have the right swag and get up. So, um, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, some of the, the hardcore skiers talk about stees. I guess you could call this, I guess we could call it squid stees or squeeze, if you will, uh, if, if we're going to go down that road. And uh, you can buy, you can buy squid hats, which are, are, are definitely something to have, uh, those are a little more optional. What you really got to have is you have to have a hoppy, you know, your kind of traditional Japanese monster. Um, you really got to have a hoppy. And so what they do is you'll see each, each, each kind of group block of like maybe 40 to 150 people will be all going down doing the squid dance in one colored hoppy. And they each represent different companies. So, you know, like the JR company, Japan Railways, has a, a group of like 200 employees in like these green JR hoppies doing the squid dance. And then the Bank of Hakodate will be coming down their blue hoppies doing a squid dance, and the nurses of Goryokaku Hospital and their pink hoppies doing the squid dance. It's insane. Um, it's insane. Of course, bringing up the rear of this 20,000-person uh, parade is anyone can just jump in in whatever hoppy or whatever clothes you're wearing and uh, and just do the squid dance. It's uh, it's great. And, and you know, again, back to what we were saying about the, the Shinkansen coming, this kind of being one of the last times you can really experience Hakodate in its fullest. Um, both times that I've done it, there's so few foreigners that are, that are present at this massive event that uh, they've got these, you know, kind of these, uh, these, these truck floats from which speakers are, are blasting out the uh, Ika dance, and there's an MC who's kind of doing the chant along with you, and these spotlights to kind of shine on people every now and then. Both the years that I've done this, uh, the announcer has, like, paused to say, you know, hey, everyone, look, there's like six foreigners right in the middle of the group standing right there, shine the spotlight on us. They're like, oh, wow, like, can't believe you came out here. Like, thanks for coming. And then we keep on doing the squid dance and, you know, get a lot of pats on the back and people giving you yaki, free yakitoris, sticks, and asahi beer cans and, and whatnot. Ideally, full asahi beer cans. Uh, 
but uh, it's 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 a true it's a true joy, and I'm I'm sad to uh, I'm sad that I won't be participating this year. So, if you're sticking around for like a week or two after your contract ends, man, you have got to come down for it. It'll just be about uh, it'll be about just one week after your uh, your your last classes end. The Port Festival starts on July 31st, but usually, so the Squid Dance is the the last two nights, so it's the last Saturday and Sunday of the. Uh, the event so i would say you're looking this year i'd guess around that'd be right around august 5th or so august 4th august 5th i think yeah so uh it's it's a trip man it's a it's a very it's a very surreal experience so unfortunately the the nebuta festival sandwiches the port festival nebuta festival is is seven days long and the hakurate port festival is five days long and it's always on the same time it's always in the middle so if you're going down to nebuta for the full week you're gonna miss port festival luckily um yeah, if I were you, I would like if if you're trying to do both, I'd I'd do the Nebuta for like three days and then take the ferry up on that Saturday morning, get the Saturday night and the Sunday night you could dance in to round off your weekend in Hakodate. And that unfortunately is the end of the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode. In the show notes on HokkaidoPodcasts.wordpress.com, there is a list of the things David mentioned today. If you'd like to hear more from David, his blog is called A Redhead Under the Rising Sun, and I highly recommend it. The URL is davidmshoop.wordpress.com. We're all big WordPress fans around here. I'll link to it in the show notes. If you have any feedback on the show or ideas for future shows, email hokkaidopodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at Hokkaido Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.